world is now offended, but it's so easy to get offended when people believe something different. It's like, oh, well, how could you? And just, there are people, like, people either A, didn't grow up the way that you did or have not, you know, it's just keep in mind that that key thing that one of the things that make Jesus who he is, not only is he the son of God and, you know, all-encompassing um, and all the, the things that he is, but he remember his compassion. He was patient. He listened. Hey, good morning. This is uh, James Adcock with Next Steps, and I'm here with Miss Darby Bell. She's back. Yes, it's been like two episodes, two or three. Yeah, I think you were with, um, I don't know where you were at the first week you were gone. I can't remember. We had Hagen. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we had Hagen. And then uh, you were sick. And then I was sick. It took, yeah. it took us all down. You were like a submarine. Oh. Man, you sunk sunk fast. I did, for a long time. <laughs> well, you went to North Carolina. Yes, yep. had a great time with family. Yes. And yep. then... Uh, came back and the family blessed you with whatever they had or sure did not just you but your mother and sister yeah both my sisters got sick and we have family in the in the carolinas and um it was malachi's first time getting to to know them and see them and you know it's not quite like tiny extended family it's like i mean we have i think like five or six like what is it second cousins yeah so it's, it was a big a big deal big very big part of our family. So it was very nice, but we did come back with sickness. So that was a bummer. <laughs> now, um, the thing I've always heard about North Carolina is you got to be a NASCAR fan to live in North Carolina. I don't know that I've heard that, but my dad was. Okay. I grew up on like Ricky Rudd and who was the main? And you're, you're going way back. I was thinking like more like Jeff Gordon and. Uh, Jeff Gordon was a big one. Yeah. And then. He was uh, number 24, right? Number 24. He's from Indiana though. That's right. Um, and then. Uh, I know yeah. my NASCAR a little bit. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's just a rumor. Maybe. I, I don't know. I, I will say, this is a little before we, we get off to the races here. I went to a NASCAR race. I think I went to the Indy 500 as a kid. And my dad thought it would be. I love my dad. He's got great ideas. He really does. <laughs> but this one was not one of them. And he decided to take me as a young girl to the Indy 500. Yeah. And it, it was excruciating. Love time with my dad. but I went to the Indy 500 as a boy. <clears throat> And uh, first of all, I didn't know that uh, um, there was so much uh, drinking. Well, drinking, <laughs> uh, nudity. I don't know that I knew that. Where were well, you? just different different signs asking women to show different parts of their body. Oh. And I was like, "What's that?" You know, here I am, like six, seven years old. I'm like, why would they do that? You mm. know, Dad, what's that? And Dad's like, "Just walk. Come on, let's it go." Keep going. So, so we we parked way back, and we're walking, and then. Uh, we get into the stadium. I see all these books. I'm like, oh, this is cool. So I just grabbed one because my uncle grabbed one. <laughs> I didn't know my uncle paid twenty bucks for the Ooh. book. Man, that guy chased me down. He said, "What are you doing?" I said, "What?" And I said, "I said I thought they were free." And he's like, "Oh, whatever. You're a thief." And oh, so he I gave him back the book. He let me go. But uh, that's my. I, I've never been back. I don't think it's a book you wanted to have. No, no. Well, no. It was a it was a book on uh, the Indy Five Hundred. Oh, history. okay, okay, okay. Uh, wasn't it wasn't uh, it anything? Wasn't, it, yeah, it wasn't anything bad. What? Well, because we were in the stadium. Everything that was kind of nasty was outside the stadium. Yeah. Um, if you're a NASCAR fan, good on you. Nothing. We're not. We're well, not. That's that's, to that's this the morning. IRA. Oh, what is it? That's the Indianapolis Racing Association. Oh. Is the Indy Five Hundred? NASCAR would be your Brickyard Brickyard Four Hundred. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So. Um, but that's just a little bit of history on the IRA and the NASCAR. Gotcha. And the more you know, you yeah, never know you what know. you're going to find out on these. So I'm not a big, I'm not a big car, car, uh, racing man. I, uh, 
I, I you know, I can appreciate the guys and women that, that do it, but it's totally. not something I enjoy watching. Yeah. Um, but I can watch it on the TV, you know, just when you're going and I, I haven't seen the beauty of it yet, but I look forward to it. If one of you guys love it out there and again, as a kid, I'm like, where's the Rex? Not realizing, <laughs> oh, gotcha. not realizing that, you know, as a kid, not realizing there's danger. There's, there's, there could be death at a wreck. Just, totally. just thought, man, it's so awesome. To see these wrecks rather than, then as I got older and realized, wait a minute, that, that's very dangerous. That's very deadly. I was like, I don't want to see no more wrecks. I don't want to see that. Yeah. So, um, but that's my, that's my story. I guess I'm gonna stick yeah. to it. So it was loud too. It was way too loud. And you can't see it. No, you can't. It's, it's, way it's too a flash loud. of color. So I had a, I had to look at the, we were in the middle. So I had to look at down at the curb and I could see the cars coming, but when they were passing, you're right. It was loud and it was colors. And, uh, I was like, dad, uh, Where'd the cars go? And he said, we're not going to see much of this race. I said, what did we pay for? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I was like, what in the world are we doing here? But uh, it was an experience. Uh, glad I did it once. I guess I can say I went to the Indy 500. Some people live for it. They really do. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. Um, I know guys that used to go every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and they, I'm sure they make it fun for them, whatever they do. There's probably some tailgating going on. Yeah. There's probably some good eating. Yeah. Um, some good time with friends, family, whatever it is. And yeah. I get that. Totally. So, talking about people, we got some unique people in Matthew chapter one. Matthew chapter one, yeah. Yeah. So, so, Darby, come on I, here to talk about yeah. NASCAR this morning. <laughs> so, Darby, if I was to ask you about, man, would you, would you think liars, um, manipulators, deceivers, we could even throw incest in there, uh, murderers? Do you think they'd be included in the genealogy of Jesus Christ? Well, you wouldn't think so. No, and I, and I think I think there's this there's this idea, there's this concept that says I got to be I got to at least have it somewhat going together before I go to church. Mm-hmm. Because those people got it together. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a false assumption, but that's what a lot of people think. And I think what God does in Matthew 1 is he introduces us to characters. So just think of the first one, Abraham. Abraham lied twice. He lied twice. Now, he was a man of great faith. Don't get me wrong. But he lied twice, and he lied about his wife. Now, she was a Mm half-sister, but he was more fearful of what, uh, in one case, what the Egyptians would do um, as they went into the city because, I guess, Sarah was a very beautiful woman. And you and I were in Egypt, and we always talk about Israel, but you know we were in Egypt, and we were told that pharaohs had all power. So if they wanted, if they saw a woman that they wanted, they could just kill the husband off, bring the woman into our harem, and it's over. Yeah. And so, I mean, I understand Abraham's ideas, but it really points to the fact that there's sometimes there's situations in our lives that are so fearful that we, we question, can I even trust God in this? Mm-hmm. And, and we find Abraham did that. Yeah. And then we find that his son Isaac who happens to be the second person listed, lied about his wife. Mm-hmm. Now, she wasn't even a sister. It was more like a cousin or a second cousin of that nature. But, you know, that's the idea there. That's the, the concept that I'm referring to is that sometimes we read these people and we're like, oh, man, Abraham is such a great man of faith. And him and Isaac were patriarchs, but yet they still had these flaws. Yeah. And I think no matter who we are, whether it's myself as a pastor, you as a worship leader, um, people who attend church regularly, we all have these flaws. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, some of the things that we, we we combat, and I know you have friends that are much younger than I do, but, you know, when you're when you're talking with your friends, who are, you know, guy or girlfriends, um, 
what are some of the things that they talk about as maybe why what they see in the church today? Well, we all know that the church is kind of, how it has always been under attack maybe, but you know, more, more so now Christianity is just, you know, a lot of people have been hurt by, you know, even, even when you said, you know, Abraham and Isaac and the way that they're introduced for the most part, it's like they're the patriarchs of faith. And a lot of people are really finding it's, and it's where like, we don't want to need to get into deconstruction, but a lot of people are like, wait a second, Abraham and Isaac, they were liars. Like we weren't told that. And I think a lot of times, when in the early, you know, earlier, you know, church days, especially, you can correct, you know, correct me by, I associate this time with the 90s. It was a lot of that time was just kind of introduced with, with blanket statements. And we really didn't get into the nitty gritty of like, this stuff is in the Bible, you know? And I, oh, yeah. go ahead. No, I, I agree with you. Cause I, I think in the 90s and maybe even sooner, I think there was a fear to ask why. Totally. Or, and unfortunately there were a lot of people in leadership positions who said, because I said so mm-hmm. rather than, Hey, let's, let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I think we, we, we continue to learn is it's good to ask the questions, mm-hmm. you know? And one thing I, I, you know, we say, yes, Abraham and Isaac, they were great men of faith. They were such great. They were patriarchs. And and the beauty of this is God doesn't focus in on the negativity. God's not here bringing these people up and saying, I want you to see this liar. I want you to see this thief. That's not, that's not what God's doing. That's what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but I'm doing that in a way to say, Hey, listen, everybody's welcome. Yeah. You know, let's, we all can come to the table mm-hmm. and you may have a different belief than I do. You may have a different standard than I do. You may have a different purpose in life than I do, but that doesn't change the fact that we're human beings Yeah. and that maybe <laughs> our kindness as believers in Christ will touch somebody who doesn't believe like we do or think like we do or live like we do. And that will begin to change a pro- begin a process of change in his or her life. Yeah, but we have we don't do that when we just shut people down. And say, well, because I told you so. Totally, and and people, you know, where where that worked before, even in the you know just across the, you know, any pick a religion, pick a political topic, pick whatever. People are not content with well, I told you so. You're yeah. gonna get opposition from that, you know. And I think that's why there's been so much backlash with the church. And and again, we've talked about this too. I think this is a really wonderful time for the big C church to shine of yeah. bringing people in, whatever, you know, pick a topic, whatever it is. Not that we have the, well, we do have the answer, Jesus Christ, but just there are, are I think we're doing, it's a great time to be able to help heal some of that earlier day stuff. Like, well, just because I told you so of, you know, come in, let's ask questions. And I was going to, I was going to say this too of, you know, I think it also was taught so much of the Bible was just this this rule book and a lot of people, as we know, have been used to thump people over the yeah. head with it or, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, people have been hurt with Bible verses or whatever. But I've heard this said by your son, actually, and I, I've loved it is just the Bible is not a book of rules, but it's a, it's a testimony, the New Testament, the Old Testament. And it's a testimony of of these broken people and these these imperfect humans that have fallen and then but God there yeah. you know it's it's a testament of God's faithfulness all over and I think that was one of the best things I wish I had been taught that in you yeah. know early on and I think there's so many people that would have really benefited from hearing yeah. that as opposed to well this is just what you should do you know you and I both went to private schools. Mm-hmm. Yep. I went to Blackhawk in Fort Wayne. You went to Elkhart Academy. Elkhart Christian Academy. And, and of course, in Elkhart. And uh, 
So I'm reading this. I'm reading this book by uh, Nancy R. Piercy called "Love Thy Body." I'm audio reading it. Uh, okay. <clears throat> some people. Some people say you know. Some people. You're not reading. You're you're listening. Okay. Well. Okay. I'm listening to this book, but she was talking to a young person. I think his name was Mark, and she names him in the book. And he was very displeased with his youth group. And the reason why he was displeased was he said they were the kids in the quote unquote Christian youth group were worse than the kids in the quote unquote public school. And that's probably one of the biggest arguments people have is, okay, oh, you go to a private school and one, there's assumption that there's money. You you got more money than anyone else, which is not true. Mm -mm. And then the second thing is that, uh, that private schools seem to have a tendency sometimes to think that they're better. And the reality is the same struggles people have outside of those schools are the same struggles that people have in the public schools. Mm -hmm. And in fact, it could even be worse because we're kind of like Judas, you know, the next person listed here. Mm -hmm. And Judas was a manipulator. He was a deceiver. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, and you've been part of youth group and try to bring this thought around to this here, but Sometimes you have a kid who acts one way in front of you as a youth leader, mm-hmm. but then when he or she's with their friends, they're a chameleon, mm-hmm. and they change colors real quick. Yeah. And so that person all of a sudden becomes whatever that group is. You know, birds of the f- feather flock together. And so, you know, I, I think about this, and I just think, man, we're we're in big trouble here because we have presented a facade mm-hmm. that you walk into church, I present everything is okay, I present my family as perfect. And then I walk out and life falls apart, but I want no one to know about that. Mm-hmm. And I think what God is trying to share with us is that life is difficult and that because it is difficult, let me show you some people that I have built my son's heritage from, my, his ancestry. And what we find sometimes is, especially in different cultures, it's even bigger, but if there's somebody in your ancestry that is embarrassing or has done some horrific crime or something we try to blot them out like oh uncle so-and-so or aunt so-and-so and then we don't talk about them because we just kind of bypass over them yeah. and god doesn't do that god god list judas yeah that's very true or, or judas name judas here would be judah of the old testament make sure i don't get that confused there but <laughs> judah of the old testament he had a son that god said was so wicked he killed him he had a second son by the name of onan who was supposed to go into his brother's wife and they were to have a child together in his brother's name, mm-hmm. but decided to destroy his seed rather than procreate with Tamar. And God said, I don't like that. So it killed him. So Judah is looking at two sons and he sees the core situation. And it's a woman by the name of Tamar. So I don't know. And the Bible doesn't say, but it kind of points to the fact that Judah, Judah is like, I don't think she's good luck. Mm-hmm. I think she's the eight ball here and in essence forbids his third son to have anything to do with her until she comes of age. And when he comes of age, he doesn't give her to her. Mm. So what does she do? She does the only thing she can. She plays the prostitute. Now prostitution is totally different. Our prostitution in the United States is very, very different, very different, not much clothing. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they present their, their appearance with lack of clothing this day wasn't that way. There was still a lot of clothing. There was a veil. Um, but 
It was what it was the type of veil that she wore to present herself as someone who was available. Judah's wife had passed away. Uh, he goes into her. He has nothing to pay her with. He takes some three different items, and then six months later, he finds out she's pregnant. Doesn't know it's his child, and he's about ready to burn her at the stake. And she says, "Oh, by the way, the guy that owns these three items are the ones who's the father of my children." And Judah's like, "Oh, you're more righteous than." You've been more, you, you've been more righteous than I. And she has twins by Judah. And one of the twins is named Ferris. Have you ever heard of Ferris? So Ferris ends up becoming the father eventually of Boaz. Mm. Have you ever heard of Boaz? Yeah. And Boaz was a kinsman redeemer who also redeemed Ruth, the Moabite. Mm-hmm. And so we have all these interesting stories, all these spins, circles. It's almost like God's like saying, you you think your life has a past? Let me show you what my son's life has. Mm -hmm. Let me show you the past that my son had to deal with as well. And there's no embarrassment there. There's no shame there. It's just like, this is how it is. But it doesn't change the fact I have choices in my own life. You know, and and I think that's, you know, here we are. We're talking about you went to private school. I went to private school. But we still make choices. Yeah. We have other friends that didn't make the same choices. Yeah. You know, and we look at that now. I mean, I look at probably graduating from high school probably totally different than I look at it, you know, 30 years down the road where I'm at today. And you're not as far down the road as I am. But, you know, you graduated a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. A couple. Yeah, yeah a couple. <laughs> I'm, I'm being kind. Yes. <laughs> it's like. Uh... And, uh, but, you know, whether it's five years, 10 years, whatever it is. You look at you look at choices you made, choices friends make, and I think you can look now and say, "Well, I can see where there's a there is a potential of faith, and I can see where there's a lack of faith." Mm. And how have you been able to kind of deal with that personally, as far as making your personal choices, like coming to honor God or coming to honor Darby? I well, I also went to public school, so I I had gone to private school all the way up until my eighth grade year. Okay. So kind of a lot of those formative years were... So it was reversed for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I was public school mostly through elementary, and then seventh grade on, I was private school. It always, like middle school years, I mean, I I just, they're so formative, and we'll chat about, I always tell who love middle school and who had a hard time in middle school. And if you had a hard time in middle school, you're my people. Yeah, I just feel you can tell the type of person. Um, But what I would say is I... I went to public school after in in high school and I think there was a point where, you know, I, 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 there was so much of those early years of knowing the Bible, being taught the Bible, knowing right from wrong, and then getting to be in the, the, you know, in this environment that, you know, I public and private school there, you know, whether, you know, they're, they're similar and they're very different private schools. A lot of like passive aggressive stuff. I know that there's bullying that happens, but it's just, I feel like public school is a lot more like what's the word, just tangible things that you can see. And then private school is a little bit different, but that's neither here nor there. But I think going to public school really helped me view, like be around people that don't believe the same things as I do. Excuse me. And I think one of the things that you know, what is the downside of going to private school, whether it was healthy, whether it's a Catholic, you know, is you're in this bubble where you're not rubbing shoulders with people who don't think differently than you or are being taught something differently than you, than you are at home. And so that, 
was super formative for me is going to high school at public, you know, public school. And we all make decisions that we're not proud of, but sure. I really feel like I, I did really well with public school. And a lot of my friends didn't, you know, friends earlier, you know, classmates didn't think I would do well and, and were really kind of mistaken. Um, and then I would say probably my, my biggest help too was I was a part of a, I was a professional performer and teacher um, and I went to school in Southern California and that was my college background. I got to uh, tour the and, world. And that's, I, mean, I don't mean to interrupt you, but that, I was going to talk about that a little bit just because here you are with the young Americans mm-hmm, Yeah. and totally different worldview. Totally different. Like, and, and, and not bad people at all. Mm-hmm. Very good people, very talented, very gifted people. Mm-hmm. But again, you're, 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 you're rubbing shoulders with people who are complete, I don't want to say complete opposites, but maybe complete opposites in the worldview. Yeah. And man, what was that like for you? You know, I think, I think I, there's not much I was surprised with. You know, you, you know, you're always shocked as you get older and you're around people that, you know, like, oh, what is that? You know, I just, yeah. you learn a lot. Um, but I think I really had some really great sound doctrine growing up by the people that, that I was in Sunday school with who taught me in school. And whether I had a hard time with it or not, I wouldn't be who I was. And I don't think my faith could have stood this the same way without those years before. Yeah. And with young Americans and being, it, it was a really, oh, you use the word liberal. It was just a very, it's a, I, I realize now, it was, yeah, very different. It was not a conservative group at all, um, but wonderful, wonderful group. And uh I just think it was super challenging for me because these are some of the best people. I, ten like over ten years of friendship that I still have with me yeah. today. Some of the best people I know, and better than some people in the church, to be honest. And I think I really just wrestled with that. Of there were opportunities for me to live a different life. There are opportunities for me to act a certain way. And I think it's something really powerful of when you, what you know, we we always say of. When we teach kids, well, you know, you teach kids up to a certain point, and then you can only hope that their faith will stand the test. And I really, my faith was my own in college, and I was, I was different in high school. I was different in, in my young American circle. But a lot of my my friends knew that Jesus Christ was my savior, and I listened a lot, yeah. and I had a lot of great opportunities to share what I believed too. Well, you know, the Bible calls children arrows. Mm-hmm. And an arrow will only can stay in the quiver so long. And the quiver is, you know, what the arrow is holding. And then you got to put it, you got you to stick it in the, the the bow. And But the idea of the arrow is you got to release it towards something. You got to release it toward a target. So you're rubbing shoulders with people who who I believe probably were just as genuine about what they believed. Oh, yeah. As what you were genuine about what you believed. Mm-hmm. Um, but those doesn't mean there's not conflict yeah. between those two two views. And, and, and that's what I think God is helping us see here. God is helping us see, hey, you know what? We're not always going to be perfect. We're not always going to have it together. But look what I can do if you just bring your life to me. Mm-hmm. You know what? One of my goals as a, as a pastor, whether I'm doing radio, whether we're doing these podcasts or preaching, is how do we get people to Jesus? And we're not going to get people to Jesus by ignoring the questions mm-hmm. or because I said so. Or I'm better than you. Totally. We got to bring people to Jesus by the way we love them. Mm-hmm. And I got to love them in spite of they agreeing with me mm-hmm. or their lifestyle is different than mine. Yeah. You know, I, I, re- I just finished 
read again audiobook uh but um the gospel comes with a house key with a house key is that yeah. where my book went no, no, oh, mine's, no, no, all, no, mine's like, audio. Mine's, like mine's audio, Darby. That'd be your <laughs> husband's right. issue, not mine. So, right. uh, but uh, you know, it just like okay, how how open is my house mm-hmm. for the gospel? How, how open am I to people who don't think like I do? Yeah, you know, and so you know, we're coming to a close here, but you know, just you know, thank you for sharing some of your stories with us mm-hmm. on, on the past and. And that's what this is about. Next steps. You know, we, we probably have friends. We probably have family. We're going to be sitting with at the holiday tables, the oh, holiday yeah. parties. And they're going to think they're going to look, they're going to be a little different than us. But what if we just love them like Jesus did? And uh, yeah, I just, it, it was, we're coming to a close here. Just, it's so in the past, you know, it's so easy and the world is now offended, but it's so easy to get offended when people believe something different it's like oh well how could you and just there are people like people either a didn't grow up the way that you did or have not you know it's just keep in mind that that key thing that one of the things that make jesus who he is not only is the the son of god and you know all-encompassing um and all the the things that he is but he remember his compassion he was patient he listened and that that rebuke that we're so quick to give or that correction a lot a lot of the the relation the, Jesus was in so much so many relationships before that happened he rebuked before or you know before relationships as well too but uh, if you really look at the character of who Jesus wa- was he loved he was he was compassionate and and he did rebuke when there were things there but keep in mind like when people don't believe the same thing as you do we're on a different it's it, trajectory they're not you're they're not going to be held to the same standard as what you know, as what we yeah. are per se, you know, yeah. and my last thought, I'll just, I'll say this too of, you know, we're in Matthew one today. And so we're, if you can see that this is the part where all the names go down. But yeah. as I was reading, you know, anytime you get to like lineage like this, like I'm like, how does this apply to me? <laughs> and you can't, you know, you just naturally think that, but I just, I thought you did such a great job of, of saying again, these are people that are in the family of Jesus yeah. and God, they're, everything is so specific of why of what is put in this book and not only is it telling who was part of Jesus' family but again no one was excluded there's not a sing, you know as far as we know there's not a they skip some people but but they but they didn't skip some of the bad people <laughs> yeah and there, i just think that that's a perfect point of no one is excluded from the table because of their past and that is the god that we that we serve he's merciful he is redemptive and you you have a seat at the table whatever whatever your past is so let's close with this jesus said they will know you're my disciples if you have love toward one another mm-hmm. so let's love one another that's our next step this week yeah i'm pastor adcock this i'm darby miss, bell adcock this is miss darby bell adcock thank you for listening see you next week <laughs>